Welcome to the Beacon Way Podcast, where your hosts, Jennifer Christensen and Adrian Wilkerson, talk shop about what really works in today's digital marketing world. As the co-founders of Beacon Media and Marketing, Jennifer and Adrian have been a part of digital marketing since its early stages in the mid-2000s. Tune in as they shine light on what works and what doesn't in the ever-changing world of digital marketing for small businesses. Well, welcome back to the Beacon Way podcast. This is our fourth podcast for July and the last in our series talking about websites and some best practices and what should and should not be on your website. So today we're going to be talking about your blog page, your FAQ page, and your contact page, and what is good to go on them and what you do not want to do on these different pages. So Jennifer, explain to us a little bit about what a blog role, if you will, what a blog page is and how it can be really effective and important for your website. Yes, the blog roles have come a long way. So blogs in some ways used to be almost feel like they were totally separate from your website. You know, they were the education pieces that would talk in depth, you know, thousand words, 1200 words. Now they're up to like 2000 words, which is incredible. They would, you know, talk really in depth about subjects. Blogs have been known to be great for like how to's, wise, pricing, you know, some of the stuff we talked about before of even having like your story of why you price things the way you do, your vendors, who you work with, those things can all be on blogs on your page. What your blog role is great for though, is also as a, a resource center. So for example, if you go to like our blog role on our page, which we get actually a lot of traffic on that goes specifically right. to that, we have it all sectioned off to the side of, of content. So if they're looking for content specifically on mental health information on that industry, then all those blogs are separated out there. If they're looking for information on our websites or Google AdWords, we have them all sectioned off so people can find the information that they're looking for. So it becomes a whole nother much deeper resource page than your services section is really what it results in. The other thing is that from an SEO standpoint, Google loves blogs. You know, blogs are speaking specifically generally to specifically generally, well, blogs are speaking specifically to what a client or a potential client is typing into Google. So if somebody is looking for you know, how do I know what is the best website or how do I compare, you know, if WordPress is better than Wix or what type of website that I should build for my company? They're searching for that question and they're looking for detailed answers. That's not something that you would put on your service page. That's something that you would answer on your blog. And so most of our clients, the major once we're blogging for them for a while, you know, three to six months, the majority of their traffic comes in through blogs. Because they're answering what we call the top of the funnel questions, which are, you know, the top questions you're asking when you're first starting, starting to research an industry. So let's say you're looking for a marketing company like us, or you don't even know whether you need a marketing company or not. Right. You know, that's really probably the first process is, well, do I even hire a marketing company? Do I hire in-house? Why do I need them? What do they do? How much did that cost? You know, those are all things that you're looking for. And it wouldn't really be appropriate for us to have all those questions answered on the service pages because that doesn't really make sense. But we can write tons of articles that talk through those questions and 
and answer and give people what the potential options are. And that's that top of the funnel space where we're building trust. And that's through the blogs. And then once they really have gotten enough information from us, they're like, okay, well, these guys gave me really good answers to my questions. This is making sense. My research aligns. Okay, now I think I'm going to check them out, what they offer. Is it potentially a good fit. It isn't always a good fit at that point, right? but you've definitely created a, you know, it's a pretty wide net when you look at, at blogging, but very effective in that Google, which is the top search engine, starts seeing you as an authority in your subject, which most of our clients want to be perceived as. So once it might be a wider net at first, you might be getting thousands of people in on your blog and maybe only, you know, a couple hundred convert down to your service page, but that's a couple hundred people that you wouldn't have gotten if they hadn't come to you that way. So Absolutely. it's it's actually super effective cost-wise. Mm-hmm. It's just a little time consuming. Right. Well, and your blogs can be a really good resource. It's, you know, we talk about one of the things for SEO is backlinks, and you can also have internal backlinks, which are really important. And so earlier this month, we talked about like on your homepage or your services or product pages, some of the call to actions can actually be taking them to your blog to blogs that go dig deeper into those services or products or the way that you do things. And a really good example that Jennifer gave last week was, especially if you've got a product that is a higher ticket item, people don't typically convert quickly on those. They usually need a little more time to make the decision to, to, you know, they want to know more information before they're ready to buy. And so a really good call to action on that product page is to divert them or send them. Now you've, you know, read about our product, you know, we offer it, you know what our prices are, you know, but you still aren't quite ready to make a decision. Go, go read more, you know, go, here's some more information for you. And so that can be a really trust building type call to action. You're acknowledging that, yes, this is a big price point, whatever that price point is for that person, because obviously a big price point for one demographic is not going to be a big price point for another. But for those that this is a big price point, but they're still you know wanting to proceed, but they're not quite ready to click that make an appointment button, sending them over to specific blogs. Don't just dump them on your blog roll, but link them directly to blogs that dig deeper into that product. And that increases that level of trust, moves them down that funnel, that sales funnel closer to being ready to actually make the move to give you a call or to book an appointment with you. So blog rolls can be really an effective call to action that you can actually use throughout your website and link back to those blog rolls. They actually also make for great social media content for your Mm -hmm. marketing for social media. You can pull quotes out of those blogs. You can link back. It's a great way to introduce people to your product, to your company in a much more low pressure sort of sales process than maybe having a post that's just buy now, buy now, as opposed to, hey, learn more about us, learn more about our company, learn more about our products. You're in the research stage here. Let's give you a lot more information. So like Jennifer said, that's not all stuff you want to load your product or service page down with, but that's perfect purpose for your blogs and your blog page. Awesome. So let's talk about FAQ pages. What makes an effective FAQ page? And are there some things that we can tell people, please don't do this on your FAQ page? 
So I have seen just some terrible FAQ pages. I've been so frustrated with them. So don't overpromise is, I guess here would be my biggest thing is that your FAQ page is not a not an excuse to not answer clients' questions through, you know, a chat bot or through a phone call or through email. I think we all know that frustration when you're pushed to an FAQ page to the point where nobody wants to talk to you or answer right. a more nuanced question. And that ends up feeling very cold and can put you off of an entire company. Right. So yes, they're wonderful and they're really effective, you know, if it's the basics. Mm-hmm. And um, the main thing I would say on an FAQ page is if you're a smaller company, you know, just very easy bullet points that you can see. I think we we just did one for Embers that was really good. It was only about 10 points. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it, so you could see all of it on one page, what the questions were. It was really easy. And then you just clicked in each one and it would navigate and give you the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it's a new product or service, like this is a hot tub delivery company, it's kind of unusual. People aren't necessarily used to it. There's going to be a lot of questions around delivery and timing and pricing and service. And so, but having everything super accessible, easy to find, not having to type in your question, because sometimes you don't even know what the question is exactly, Mm -hmm. you know, or how to phrase it. So the more that you can make it visually very easy, if you have a more complex service or product that you're providing, I would highly suggest some video resources on your FAQs Mm -hmm. where you can really, you know, if it's more of like a training thing or really explaining to people something that's more complex, that's a better way for people to receive information. So it can be a click through to a video can be really great. If, like I said, you're more complex then having the FAQs actually sectioned on your website, Mm -hmm. where it's like, here's, you know, frequently asked questions concerning billing and that issue. And here's frequently asked questions concerning our service, you know, lines. And here's frequently asked questions. So kind of bucketing them and putting them so that people know where to go, but don't expect your FAQ to answer absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you've done a really good job on your website of educating, you know, really in depth as much as you possibly can. There's no shame in sending people to a blog you know, if it's a right. frequently asked question and it needs like a much longer answer than you're, you know, you want to put on there, sending them to a blog, really try on the FAQ to think about it from your customer point right. of view. What would you want to experience when you're there? I mean, that's true with your whole website. I don't know why. I feel like they're done in general and not to the client advantage. Right. It's, it's almost like we don't want to answer your questions. Just go read this instead is oftentimes yeah. what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it's become almost a push off, right? Mm-hmm. Of not, of not. It's just so interesting that something that that you want, if you think about it, your FAQ page is part of your brand, right? So yeah. it's, it's not like this is a separate thing that they're having a different experience sure. than they are in your about page or your homepage. You're still in the process of this being a potential client, or maybe they're a current client, yeah. and you want to keep them as a current yes. client. It should be a pathway. I guess. Mm-hmm. So when I really break it down, FAQ is probably a starting point to either take them to a deeper blog, take them to a video, make it really easy for them to leave a chat form, you know, if they're not, if it's not quite answering the question that they have or a phone call and mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. service, 
is still really a big part of how mm -hmm. people perceive you. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, your FAQ page really should be a customer service tool. It should not right. be a way to not have to answer that exact same question that you've answered 10 times today all over again. I mean, it should be a helpful resource. One of my favorites that I saw one time was I was going through and they had a similar thing like you were describing, Jen, where it was a bullet point, you click on it, and like a little pop up would show up and give you the answer. And I'm kind of going through and one popped up and they're like, we get this question all the time. It's too complicated to answer here. So we'd love to talk to you. Here's a number to talk to a person. And there was actually a person's name and a phone number there. And it caught me off guard. And it was like, you know, there's wow. too much nuance in this for us to just put it up there. They owned it. You know, they're like, we could try, but we're probably not going to really take care of you. So here's somebody who can. It was really that. stuck that's, out. Yeah. That's unusual. It was. And I've really only seen it once or twice where people did that. And it wasn't on all their FAQs, but there was like this question we get all the time, but it depends on you. And it depends on what you're looking for, for us to answer it. So we're just going to own that. We need to talk to you to answer this question right. kind of a thing. And so I loved it because they were really focusing on the customer there and they were being transparent and honest and just, we're just going to own this. We can't answer this one here, you know, give us a call. And they didn't just give their main number. I think that was the other part that really set them apart. Right. Yeah. That's, that's huge because it's, again, it's a customer service tool. So it's that, and there's, there's so much these days with, it's the combination between using technology in a way to enhance the customer service, Absolutely. but not using technology in a way to actually put people off. From yeah, to avoid the customer. <laughs> yeah, it's and that, that's exactly how it comes through sometimes. So mm -hmm. that's not what you want to do. Um, that all being said, FAQ, again, super great tool because you learned something about the company, how they operate. You probably had some other questions answered and now you trust them more because they answered that really honestly. Yeah. Well, and I love your point earlier too, because a lot of times people, if they're, especially depending on if they're early in the research stage, they don't even know what questions to ask yet. And yeah. I've found FAQ pages in research area, you know, times of research to be really helpful because they kind of establish what is some of the commonly asked stuff in that field. And mm -hmm. You know, if you're just getting into that field, it's like, oh, I never even thought that would be a question to ask here. Because like you said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. And so being able right. to have those questions where other people are asking stuff because they're ahead of the process from where you right. are is huge. And it's really helpful, again, in establishing trust with your potential customer. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay, well, let's wrap up today talking about the Contact Us page. I felt like this poor page is often the redheaded stepchild that just kind of gets dumped at the end of the navigation and they'll like throw up a phone number and call it good. So we're going to talk today about some ways that you can really leverage your Contact Us page to be an effective tool for you. So what are some of the things that are really important to have on your contact us page? Would you say, Jen? I mean, you definitely want to have all of your basics. So um, the various ways to contact you, again, don't be afraid to tell a potential client, this is the best way to contact us and why. 
if you're going to put them through an email or a contact form, give them the information in advance that makes them feel comfortable. Most people usually think those go nowhere. So let them know we do respond to our contact forms right away. Mm-hmm. You know, give them that timeline. We'll get back to you within 24 hours. If you need to reach us sooner, use this method. You know, give people options. They have many, many different ways that they communicate now or people want to communicate now. So this is all about your relationship and your removing barriers for them to get in contact with you. It's kind of amazing that, and and I think we've been guilty of it too. It's just, it's like the last thing you usually think about when you're building a website. Absolutely. So you spent all this time, like I said, you know, on the about page, doing the handshake, making the relationship, making them feel warm and fuzzy. And then the last thing that they're going to do usually is go to your contact page. So this is the last digital experience they're going to have with you before hopefully they're going to contact you and you guys are going to have a conversation. And it tends to feel like you said, just very not well thought out. So use that same tone and relationship conversation in your on your contact page that you've been using throughout your whole website. Tell them what to expect. Tell them you know how and why to communicate best with you. Ask them what their preference is depending on what their needs are. Um, all of those things can be above the fold on the contact page pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to reach us for this, text here or yeah. chat back here. If you are looking for this, you know, we'll get back to you within this period of time. It's not rocket science, but just th- that little extra effort makes a huge deal. I just read a entire case study on somebody changing two words on their contact button from your t- to my. I can't remember what the other word was. And they had a 50% increase in wow. people filling it out. And so it's, we don't think that those things have effect, but they really do. If people yeah. feel like it's personal to them and you're really taking their business seriously and you really want to connect with them in a way that works for them. I mean, most of us can relate to incredibly frustrating experiences, even trying to call somebody to give them business. Right. You know, or to email them and you're like, oh my God, they never even got back to me, or they got back to me two weeks later, or mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're just frustrated, you've moved on. So um, yeah. the more that you can let them know what to expect and when, the better. Be honest. If your system or for whatever reason it does take time, you know, mm-hmm. let them know that. And then most people, as long as they know what the expectation are, expectation is, is actually fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. know that you're never going to get back to people on the weekend, no matter what, just let them know that, you know, it's going right. to be the end of day Monday and that's totally okay. Yeah. Well, and I would say the contact us page is a continuation of that customer service element that we were talking about with your FAQ, because mm-hmm. it really, like you said, it's almost that last step. But the interesting thing is, I think last month we were talking about the sales funnel and it's not just enough to get the client. You also have to maintain that client, maintain that relationship with them and that customer service piece. And oftentimes your contact page is what people are going to use if something goes wrong and they need to call you, they need to contact you, they need information. So it goes beyond even acquiring the client or the customer to customer service afterwards too, making it easy for them to get a hold of you when they've got a problem or heck, they want to give you a referral because they love your product so much. So it really is important to make sure that your contact us page is there and that you're not relying on just contact information in your footer of your website or your header and that you make it really easy for people. 
So what are your thoughts on the chatbots, Jen, that we see popping up on so many websites these days? Annoyance or help? Yeah, I think it's a combo of both a little bit. I mean, we have one and I have a love-hate relationship with it, but <laughs> ultimately well. it's yeah, ultimately it's another form of communication that that people want choice. So yeah. it, it really depending on the personality of the person that's looking at your website and who your clientele is, it's a way for them to interact um, using some AI technology. You can direct them more to what they're looking for, hopefully even give them some of the information they need ahead of time before contacting you. So the hate part of it is the annoying part. And we've really worked hard to reduce that. And that is like, if it pops up more than three times on the site and the person, well, let me put it this way. If the person clicks off on it, which the majority of people do, right? The first time it pops up, we do not pop it back up unless they go to choose it. Right. So I think that's really critical that there's a small percentage of the population that really, really likes them and it's very effective and it will help your conversions. So having it is great. Just make sure that you're not, I mean, I've seen them on sites like, but they follow you everywhere. Oh yeah. And no matter how many times you're clicking off of them, they keep coming back. Right. Especially on yeah. mobile. It's very frustrating. It is it right. Seems- it's harder to click off. Yeah. And it takes so- over your screen. It's harder to read the website. Yep. Yeah. So we tested it multiple different ways to see kind of to find that perfect balance between being available to provide help for somebody, you know, when they need it, when they want to leave information, they are more likely to fill out a chat bot um, information right. than they are contact. Form. So Absolutely. there is, there is a benefits to that. I've been reading some research lately that the more that you do call it out of what it is. So for example, if somebody's on our website and let's say they're on after hours, if we call out specifically in the chatbot saying, Hey, we're not here right now. This is our chatbot AI system. And right. we're just letting people know, like, please don't expect a response from us at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday right. night. But if this is helpful, this is here for you. Mm-hmm. And again, it almost becomes like the FAQ where it's another customer service tool that can right. help people. But it's, where I think it's gotten irritating and one, people just leave them up all the time and they don't right. make sure that you can shut them off. And almost all of them have the technology that you can do that. Right. So that's just a bad move on the business owner's part to not specifically saying whether somebody's there to actually help you or not. hundred percent. So yes. I've been really irritated by that. Like, okay, you're here, you're popping up, you're bugging me. So I am going to ask my question here. And then it's like, Oh, fill out this form and somebody might get back to you tomorrow. And I'm like, right. But there's not a live person on the other end of this. Yeah. Okay. Well, then why am I talking to you? Right. Yeah. 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 So I think it's like everything in what we do when we have that digital, you know, forward facing aside, it's being as transparent as possible, letting people know what to expect. And then most people are absolutely fine. Right. Yeah. So awesome. So. I would give it like a 55%, you know, like it's, it's in the positive as right. far as chat box. So I think what's going to happen though, is that technology is going to continue to really expand in that area Yeah, and it's going to become more and more and more personalized for people. And as that happens, I think people will like it a lot more, right? But right now it's, it's a little bit clunky. 
Yeah, the technology is still very young, really, in the whole scheme of things. But the way technology advances, it doesn't take long anymore. So right, I think like three, four years from now, it'll be like just probably just a normal expectation that every single website has them to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. We talked about blogs and your FAQ page, your contact us page, and we even touched on chatbots on your website this week. And so we hope you'll come back and join us next week. We're going to be digging into some other marketing tools. For instance, your social media marketing, your paid ads marketing. We're going to go through the whole thing over the next few months. And so we'll hope you come back and join us next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Beacon Way. We hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us some stars on your podcast channel of choice. For more information, tips, and notes from the show, check us out at beaconmm.com. For more information on how Beacon can help market your business, email us at welcome at beaconmm.com.